Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And we're two days late for International Podcast Day. We should shout out podcasts we like. Did you know that National Coffee Day and International Podcast Day are back-to-back days? They're back-to-back, yeah. So we get to celebrate Duncan, and then we get to celebrate our favorite podcast for me. let me. I'm just looking at my list. Yeah, me too. And I have to say, ones that I've been enjoying lately are are the read i have enjoyed popcast lately from the new york times loving it's been a minute with sam sanders who gave us a nice shout out loving las culturistas per huge obviously the Gemma collins podcast <laughs> i'm Can't just scrolling through that's enough. what i'm saying <laughs> danny pellegrino you know like I, it's like i shift around i like to listen to lots of different stuff but those are the ones that i would say i'm, I'm listening to the most right now yeah we have you? a lot of overlap although i've reluctantly gotten into pod save america like a, <gasps> it's a problem i know i know. <laughs> i'm sorry you're out here pod saving america and you haven't told me this yet mm. No, I know. I told Josh, I was like, I laughed at something John Lovett said. And he was like, yeah, I heard you. And it was an ad. (laughs) (laughs) I know. No, yeah. So I've got, I mean, I've got, it's been a minute. I know we got Call Your Girlfriend down there. Um, What else? Oh, Pitchfork Review has been good. Obviously, podcast. Obviously, the read. Oh, Home Cooking. That's one that that you didn't say. The Samin podcast, which has been really good. Oh, yeah. I recommended that to you. It's been great. And I thought it was only going to last for like a little bit. And then it like now it's just like a full on yeah. regular podcast. Yeah. It's not weekly, but it's great. And it's I, and it's filled the void ever since, you know, Bon Appetit fucked up in every possible way. Right. And you know, it was also good that you must remember this season that just came out from our friend Karina. That was a mm-hmm. greatest, great season. I kind of like waited and binged it all. Um, What else have I been loving? Oh, Josh's podcast experience share uh-huh. um little gold men obviously and then i've got weird creepy shit like unresolved i that? like listening to scary podcasts to go to sleep do you scary that's yeah. too scary like, unexplained though. oh that's too scary i know but it helps you fall asleep it helps you fall asleep. no it doesn't just gets me scared and then i'm scared it's something about the atmosphere and the talking i'm not really scared it's just like it's good atmosphere for falling asleep uh-huh uh-huh anyway that's we just wanted to recognize that because it's international but it's our day but because this is not a podcast recommendation podcast it is a who liberty podcast uh, you are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. We'll start with some comments. We'll start with some comments. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. The reason that that Bush kid was celebrating celebrating Prohibition Day is because that is like an officially celebrated thing within the Anheuser-Busch Corporation. I used to be a vendor for them, and I had a meeting at their corporate office in New York once, like right around that time, and somebody like wish me happy prohibition day and i was like what like that's the hooliest holiday of all time like they're really trying to make such a thing with that um it's super fucking hooey and it makes no sense 
and they it's so dumb um yeah crunch crunch uh me inside well trying to make like prohibition day a like drinking holiday is really something like it's not that far of a stretch but it's a but it's you know we have fourth of july we have other things you know like it's a stretch it's very much like we get it but chill (laughs) you know like yeah we get it anheuser-busch but please lay low it's december 5th by the way what are your plans coming i was gonna say i gotta make plans i can't think of a worse time of year to celebrate drinking than december 5th like ooh, christmas is coming up you know like that's weird right no for people who do drink socially That is the time of year when I guess you're doing the most social drinking, which almost makes it uninteresting. Oh, the holidays. the ho- But it's not quite the holidays yet. You've had your Thanksgiving slash Friendsgiving, and then you're sort of having all of your holiday parties for your friends and at work and blah, 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 blah. But next call, we got a few calls about Buddy Velastro. We got a lot of calls, not a lot of calls, like three calls about Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck because he's a one-handed baker. Yeah. Uh, which... Is true, is true. I found this call more interesting, though. Hey, guys, it's Rachel. Um, very long time, occasional time. I had to pause the podcast, and I needed to talk to you guys about this Buddy um, Velastro bowling ball thing because you mentioned Doug Goldman in the same context, and I think they have, like, a competition show together, which maybe you mentioned too. But anyway, Duff, after Ace of Cakes was, like, a thing – he, like, got in a crazy motorcycle accident and lost, like, nine of ten of his toes. Um, so there is – these two are just, like, there is some sort of terrible evil tether tying them together, maybe? I don't know. I just thought it was funny that we're, these two, like, cake guys are in these respective freak accidents about their random leisure hobbies. Um, okay, yet again, another deranged call for me. You probably won't even play this, but I just – had to pause the podcast and call you and tell you that Duff Goldman lost all of his toes. Um, and you can look it up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good form, Paul Thorne. Bye-bye. From 2014, we have on Us Weekly, Ace of Cakes star Duff Goldman. I love riding motorcycles even after losing toes in a crash. And then it starts. <laughs> Baking and bikes. The Ace of Cakes Duff Goldman spoke to Us Weekly on Wednesday, October 22nd about his adoration for motorcycles even after enduring a serious accident that resulted in the loss of several toes. Quote, I love motorcycles. Goldman, 39, told Us at the Hollywood premiere of On Any Sunday, the next chapter. Quote, they're a part of my soul. Even though I got into a wreck a little while ago and lost some toes, I had to promise my parents and everybody I'd stop riding, but I can't. <laughs> I mean, so th- so we're saying the Ace of Cakes guys lost his toes and the cake boss, he didn't lose his hand. He just crushed his hand. We don't know yeah, whether... TBD on what TBD the on the hand, yeah. Are. And I would say it's much more traumatic for a cake man to lose hand because you got him you make stuff and it's a, you know like you gotta make stuff you gotta make stuff what's so funny to me about all of this and it is funny because they are okay they are okay and duff does sort of make little wisecracks about it yes but being in it in a kitchen and i know baking is sort of a more leisurely less intense sort of kitchen experience than just you know working at a restaurant but Every chef, like if you know a chef, they're covered in scars. Like they're like, oh, and then this happened to me here and this happened to me here because you have to be fast. You're using knives at the time. It's just funny to me that like if I met a chef and they said I fucked up my hand, I'd say like, oh, did it happen in the restaurant? No, it happened in the bowling alley. Well, that's right. It happened in my home bowling alley. And I'd be like, 
home bowling alley. That's a choice. You know, like that would be my <laughs> that would be my first thought, honestly. Like having nothing to do with hands being crushed. It would just be like, you have a home bowling alley? Like what kind of rich are you? You know, cakes must be selling well. Who has a home bowling alley? Those cakes are so expensive. God, are they just going to shut it down? I kept thinking like, just like this. Now no one can go and use the home bowling alley just becomes like this. Just we don't we don't go there. We They'll turn it into something else. I mean, look at Duff. Duff was like, my family wanted me to stop riding motorcycles, but I can't. But he's not going to give up his bowling alley. So you think he's going to be like, my family want me to stop using my home bowling alley. But, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> Have you watched Bake Off yet? I know I was texting yeah, you all I about it last it. night. Of but... course, I watched it before you did. I loved it. Oh my it. god. It was oh, no. even better than I did wanted. Did you see Those the bust cakes. of Tom DeLong? I mean, I just <laughs> when when that guy said literally Tom DeLong to the to the judges, Tom, Paul Hollywood, and that you could tell they didn't know who Tom DeLong was. They'd never heard of him in their entire life. Blink-182 was barely something that they knew. And they were just like, "Sure, man. Sure." Man, sure, man. Imagine telling Prue about Blink One Eighty Two. I know you're familiar with the All the Small Things video, Prue. To catch you up, it's not a spoiler, but they it was there was a challenge where the bakers on the Bake Off had to make cakes that were the busts of people, and people chose, you know, their heroes, recognizable people, people who you know who they are. Who else? David Marie Bowie, Antoinette, Marie Antoinette, da- like figures, Freddie Mercury, figure, figures that would be in a wax museum that have had like their likenesses created before and then we have mm-hmm. this idiot who chooses Tom DeLong from Blink-182 and then didn't someone else choose Lupita Nyong'o and the and like really did not do her any favors <laughs> she did Lupita Nyong'o and then was like oh god this is bad and then changed the plaque on the front of the cake to say guess who and they were like did you say did you put guess who on the plaque because it doesn't look like Lupita and she's like yeah <laughs> The fact that you've put guess who on this makes me think that you don't think that looks like her. That's right. <laughs> I mean, even so I, as somebody not in the competition, would be like, I'm choosing Elvis. Like, choose somebody who has, like, a recognizable thing you could make out of fondant. I mean, all you have is just, like, different pieces of fondant. Okay, sorry. That show is so good. Fondant pisses me off, but I love it. I love when it's used well. <laughs> Like, if I'm eating a cake, I'm, like, annoyed when the fondant's there, but I like watching people get creative with fondant. But I'm also, like, when I look at cakes that are very fondant-heavy, I'm, like, your hands were, like, all over this thing. Like, it's, like, (laughs) this cake has, like, been touched so much, you know? They touch everything. They touch it all. No, but, like, the fondant, you're, like, touching it. It's like Play-Doh. It's kind (laughs) of gross. Bobby, uh, Sisters-in-Law is already a TV show. Um... So I'm sorry about that. Uh, I'm from Houston, and apparently it was a show about high-powered attorneys in Houston. Um, Anyway, one of the leading characters or, you know, lawyers on the show was also a contestant on Survivor. And I believe was the first person voted off of the season. Um, so a Houston who maybe, um, but uh, you know, you got Survivor on your resume and sisters-in-law. I think she's also a city council was a city councilwoman. Anyway, crunch crunch. 
Anyway. Anyway. We TV, sisters in law. It's four or five black women in Houston who are all lawyers. And so I try to find full, the full episodes are not on weed. They just have this like extended trailer. Houston, Texas is the fourth largest city in the country. When you look at the lawyers in this country, 66% are men, 82% are white, and we are the rest. We are in a male dominated white field. As black women lawyers, we came together to form this group. We call ourselves Sisters-in-Law. So it premiered a few years ago and never got a second season. It's just one season on WeTV. I do like in the comments of the trailer, my favorite comment is, can't wait to see my cousin Rhonda. So I guess (laughs) Rhonda is in the show. Can't wait to see my cousin Rhonda. I also love something that we would also steal for our show, which is the sist- in the Sisters-in-Law logo, the T has the scales of justice hanging from the T. Love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Love that. Well, I'm glad someone used that name because it needed to be used somewhere. There was also a book. We got a tweet from someone taking a photo of a book on their shelf that's called Sisters-in-Law. Hey, so, we don't claim you know to what? be original. We just claim to be dumb, you know? And the idea is that they're sisters, but also sisters-in-law. We got another call that was saying that, you know, what I you still don't do. get what you mean by that. I still don't because you seem to don't understand. You seem to not know that there's a difference between sisters-in-law and actual sisters. And I'm still trying to figure out whether they're sisters or sister-in-laws. No, they're not blood sisters. They're only sisters-in-law. Okay, so they're sisters-in-law and they're sisters-in-law. Yes. Got it. But they're not sisters. Well, the thing is, no. What's no? We got a call saying what you see. My in my thought process, they marry brothers, and they're just sisters in law. They're not blood right. sisters, right? But so we got a call that was like, Bobby, you can go one degree further and make them actual blood sisters who also marry blood brothers, and they become both sisters and sisters in law, no. and sisters in law. But that doesn't happen. Any that doesn't happen. Sisters don't marry brothers. This isn't some we TV reality show. Name one thing on TV that happens. The whole reason ABC is successful is because it's centered around shows about people who don't happen. I'm <laughs> like just, Grey's I'm Anatomy. I'm just saying I want our show to be have a little bit of realism. And I just think they should be sisters-in-law. Because it's also like sisters-in-law, like they don't always get along. You know, no, it's like you don't no. choose your sister-in-law. And so then they're be- they become, they inherit some law firm or some something happens and they get to be sisters-in-law. And then the healing can happen. The healing begins, and so can the justice. <laughs> Next call. Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, I'm a few weeks behind in listening to your episodes, but you just mentioned Victor Garber and Jen walking with Bradley Cooper. I don't know if that's gone anywhere because uh, I only get my pop culture news from you guys. So maybe fast forward in the present now two months that could have been blown up. Uh, anyway, back to Victor Garber. You, you said his name, and it made me think, oh, I saw Victor Garber once. He was ordering egg salad at the uh, deli counter at the Mrs. Green's, which was a grocery store for a hot minute in uh, the West Village, which has, you know, closed down pre-COVID. Um, yeah, so Victor Garber also loved egg salad. Okay, Scarjo, yummy pop. Bye. Victor Garber loves egg salad. That's all I need to know about that. What can I say about this call other than great? <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, medium time. I have never stopped the podcast in the middle of an episode to call in, but I had to do it this time because I can't believe you discussed Ving Rhames without mentioning his most iconic moment when he gave his Golden Globe Award to Jack Lemon. He, like, called us. He won, and he called us Jack Lemon, who was, like, very old, and he said he wanted to give it to him, and he was, like, 
crying and Jack Lemon was like, what's happening? And everyone clapped. And I remember this being like very heartwarming and also exciting and dramatic, but also I was 11. So maybe this is not as overall iconic as I remember it. But anyway, I can't believe you guys left that out. Um, obviously, Jack Lemon is a them, so I don't have any question to add, uh, questions to ask about that. But um, crunch, crunch, same side. Uh, Stanislavski said, love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. And I love the art in all of you here. And is, uh, is Mr. Jack Lemon here? Is he here? Would you please come up here, sir? Come on. I feel that being an artist is about giving, and I'd like to give this to you, Mr. Jack Lemon. Sure. So Ving won for a Don King miniseries, I guess, and he gave his award to Jack Lemon, who was nominated for 10, 12 Angry Men. <laughs> How many men were there? 12. There were 12. 12 Angry Men. So he gave it to, he gave it to Jack Lemon. Honestly, that's kind of makes me a little weepy even just watching it briefly. So I can't even imagine how it made you feel watching it live at 11 years <laughs> old, you know? Yeah, that's really, really sweet. Very sweet. Very sweet. One more thing to know about Ving Rhames. One more, just one more thing. Hi, Who Weekly. I uh, had to pause the pod because I realized you missed one famous uh, Who from the real world, and that is Karamo Brown from Queer Eye. So he might actually be the most successful real world alum. I would say it's him, maybe tied with Mike the Miz, and then Jamie Chung, and then that congressman. Anyway, me inside. I guess I forgot. I still think Jamie Chung is more famous than Karamo. I'm just sort of like TBD on how famous Karamo will remain. And Jamie Chung has shown her staying power. And I don't know that I <laughs> am convinced Karamo has the staying power of Jamie Chung. Okay. But sure, he is very famous. He's very famous. That's a total misread. First of all, it doesn't. I don't know how famous he'll stay, but he's very famous right now. Yes, and he's very Jamie famous. is a big who. And even if Karamo Brown is like kind of a who, he's definitely more famous than her for mm. sure. For sure, as long as Queer Eye is on the air, he is more famous. And I forgot that he was on Real World Philadelphia because I think not only did I not watch that season, I like no. he's like almost so famous that I have now removed him from that category completely in my mind. You know, he was the first out black man on reality television. That's amazing. That's crazy. And I'm trying to think of. I know I definitely didn't watch this season. I definitely no, I did not watch, watch this. I season. stopped probably two years before that. I stopped. Like the Las Vegas season, which was what, 90 or back to New York. There was maybe 2002. There was a season where I was like, I'm done with this. This show's stupid now. This show used to be smart and good and interesting. And now it's just Trishel getting wasted on the top of the palms. Oh, that was like my favorite season was Las <laughs> I Vegas. Hated, I hated Las That's Vegas. That's when I was like, oh, I'm digging in, sweetie. Which is honestly <laughs> why I like watch Love Island, every single episode of Love Island this season and almost every season. But yes, that was like, I was like, finally, Real World has caught up with my taste. <laughs> just, just like trash. <laughs> but yeah, we did forget him. And yeah, I personally think he's more famous than Jamie Chung, who also someone tweeted as Jacinda Barrett, which she was on The Real World. I guess she's definitely not more famous than Karamo. Maybe same famous as Jamie Chung, though. Maybe same, the same famous. I'm re- same yeah. famous is fair. Same famous yeah. is fair. All right. 
Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I might have a chance of being the first person to call in and let you know that Tom, Thomas Pynchon is still alive, but I have a feeling I'm not going to be the last. I love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Thank you so much to Thomas Pynchon for calling into the podcast. <laughs> We're so glad you listen. And um, <laughs> next call. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Bobby. Um, I just finished listening to Tuesday's episode and... First off, I called before about Megan Blake Irwin. She is, I know you mentioned she's now cozying up to Demi Lovato's ex, but technically she's also in a relationship with my friend who is 22 and is just, I mean, I love him, but he's really the woe, but um, is dating Megan, but apparently her name is not Megan. Her name is Megan. And she gets really offended if you call her Megan because you're supposed to pronounce it Megan. And I thought you guys would think that that was um, really funny. Um, but yeah, live in the Vita laptop. Goodbye. It's Megan. Sorry, we've been calling her Megan when it's Megan the whole time. Honestly, it makes it better because now I can tell the difference between Megan Blake Irwin and Megan the other one. Megan Blake Irwin and Megan... Barton, Barton Hansen. Hansen. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Barton Hansen, Megan Blake Irwin. How are we going to, is there some sort of mnemonic device we can use? I mean, I guess there's really no way of doing that other than straight up memorization, but sure. Sorry, Megan. Sorry, Megan. Oh my God. That even sounds like me saying sorry, Megan sounds sarcastic just by it calling someone sarcastic. Megan. It sounds rude. Like, sorry, Megan. One day, Megan the Stallion is like, actually, it's Megan the Stallion. Um, <laughs> We're like we had no idea. Was it? It's kind of like Rihanna, Rihanna. It's like it's like Megan, Megan. Usually, you're like if we're playing a clip of someone, most people end up saying Rihanna, and we know it's Rihanna. Ugh. Right. It's Megan. Anyway, Megan. It's Megan. So, if Ava Max fans are going to exist, why are they called avatars? Like, shouldn't it be avatars? Also, it definitely should be Maxista. Just like Megan Blake Irwin is pronounced Megan. The Ava Max fans are pronounced uh, avatars. I don't know why. Does it make sense? That's what Ava decided. That's what they're called. They're called avatars. This person saying they should be Maxinistas alone. This person does not exist in a bubble. Listen to this call that came later. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, Medium time, medium time. I was just listening to the pod and I am so disappointed that you have revealed the name Avatars as Ava Max stands. Uh, my best friend and I also claim to be Ava Max fans, and we were so proud to call ourselves Maxinistas. So just kind of bummed at this news, but I'm glad that I know the truth. Crunch, crunch. These poor Ava Max stands can no longer call themselves the Maxinista. Just saying, calling yourself a Maxinista is like revealing your millennial self because only people who know of TJ Maxx are like out here. Remember the ads? <laughs> like we all remember the ads where we called ourselves Maxinistas because we got low cost prices for high quality mm-hmm. items at our favorite TJ Maxx with two X's. 
with two X's. Two X's. I do think, though, that she should use Max Anista because while TJ Maxx is kind of irrelevant, Avatar is coming back. So she's going to have to fight with James Cameron's Avatar 1 and 2 and God knows 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever mm-hmm. for that title. Especially if she's calling mm-hmm. it Avatars, not Avatars. Avatars. <laughs> Avatars. <laughs> My mom was such a Maxinista. TJ, not Ava. Oh, yes. Same, same, same. My mom loved telling someone that's, that her whatever was from TJ Maxx. TJ, not Ava. <laughs> TJ, not Ava. I love your top. Ah, oh, TJ Maxx. <laughs> My mom's favorite response to anything. TJ Maxx. Oh, TJ Maxx. Oh, Marshalls. And also Ross dress, Ross dress for less. Did you have Ross? Ross? We didn't have it as much as you did. You have more of a Ross dress for less situation down there. The tagline was you could pay more, but why? So if my mom happened to be wearing a piece of clothing from Ross, she'd go, oh, Ross dress for less. You could pay more, but why? She'd say the whole thing. literally (laughs) repeated the catchphrase. She would go, Ross dress for less. Could pay more, but why? (laughs) Always. (laughs) Lunatic family. You could pay more, but why? (laughs) You could pay more, but why? But uh, she, with her twang, okay. Uh, <laughs> Ross Dressless, you could pay more, but why? But why? First question. First question. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on s- other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed, and it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my made bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. Um, Long time, long time. I just spent like 45 minutes this morning in bed watching um, the Deborah Cox Nobody's Supposed to Be Here Challenge. Um, So are you guys watching that? If not, it's a fun little hashtag thing to follow. My favorite who's who have sung it uh, would be Larry Anderson. She sounded great. And also Melanie Fiona, who was a singer. And now I believe she's like a, a YouTuber blogger. Um, she sounded great. Anyway, I checked out today's page because um, this just seems like a challenge that she was born for. But unfortunately, um, 
it's not there. So frankly, I'm just a little disappointed in her. Didn't know where else to share. Okay, crunch, crunch. Stay inside. Bye. Okay, so the Deborah Cox challenge, I'd seen it sort of bubbling, but I didn't know the extent to which it was sort of like happening. And that Deborah Cox herself has given it her seal of approval. Before you do, did the caller describe what it was? Did we describe what it was? Oh, no. So it's, so the Deborah Cox challenge is you have to sing the bridge of the iconic Deborah Cox song from what, 1998? Which is probably (laughs) the most difficult bridge ever sung. I can't think of a more difficult bridge. Not it's a really good bridge, but it's like it's half runs. Exactly. Yes. Right. There's a key change and then there's a scream note at the end. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. But it's like it's it's singular. Like it's not a it's not for beginners, you know. I wish I could search my videos better because I know that we have done karaoke when our friends have tried to do Nobody's Supposed to Be Here because there's just a category of karaoke songs where when you see it show up on the queue, you're like, "Uh oh, oh boy. And this is one of them. Not because the song is not good, but because it's like you have to be a good singer to sing it. And this is one of them. I I actually, you made a little list of other ones and I disagree with one of these on here very much. I disagree that Kate Bush Weathering Heights is a bad karaoke song. I think it's a great karaoke song because there's a difference in what she does in that and mimicking it than what Celine Dion does in Because You Love Me. Because you're not trying to sing and hit high notes. You're just doing like a funny falsetto, mm-hmm. which like, yes, you're not hitting those Kate Bush notes, but you're really not trying. I would say like, yes, like songs that are like, too good like almost the singers are too good you shouldn't are usually bad in karaoke and honestly even when and not to be this person but even when the singer is good they're still bad because I don't want to hear some random good singer sing a song slightly less good than the main song like you either that to me is not interesting you know what I mean yeah so like on the Deborah Cox challenge which is doing it on Instagram and singing the bridge and if you are a good singer that's great but in the context of karaoke we don't need you to be as good as Deborah Cox like we don't want you to be as good as Deborah Cox right and I also don't really want you to be good at all like I just want you to be good at karaoke (laughs) which kind of implies that you're not good at singing if you were good at singing I'd come to your show or whatever if you had a show or whatever you know I didn't come to see an open mic night I came to sing see karaoke wow that's like ooh, (laughs) hot take This song, Deborah Cox, this is her biggest hit. There's no way she has a bigger hit than this. This is her number one hit. No, this is it. It's not only her biggest hit, but the remix of this song is a bigger hit than the original, if I recall correctly. (laughs) You know, like the the remix they did that turned it to like a dance, a real dance song is huge. artists from like the 90s I'm, i don't know why the cores are on the brain but it's the the sort of person who like can tour for the rest of their lives based solely on this one song and they will continue releasing new music and they will say i'm gonna play some songs to my new album and you're like okay whatever but then 
they play Nobody's Supposed to Be Here, and you're like, oh my god, this is the most thrilling moment of my life. That's Deborah Cox. And she's thrilled that people are doing the Deborah Cox challenge. Who did we talk about when we were talking about like dance, like dance diva singer? Oh, Robin S. Robin S. is like in the Deborah Cox world where they still do kind mm-hmm. of like tour on their old hits and even come together and sing stuff together. Like they kind of have like dance divas tours. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. We had Melanie Fiona, Total Who, takes me back to my VH one day. She, she was a You Ought to Know artist. Queen Aisha has done one. I'll play a clip here. Also a who. Burgeoning them, perhaps, but I still call her a who. Let's sing her. I'll play a clip here. But I turn around and you're standing here. Standing here. Oh, no, 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 no. And then, of course, who but Kiki Palmer has also participated in the Deborah Cox Challenge. But I turn around and you're standing here. Standing here. No, nobody. No, 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 no. Oh, Can you do it? I was like, should we try it? Kind of as a joke, but now I'm thinking about it. And it's like, it's not even a funny joke to try it. No, it's like not even a funny joke because it would just be like terrible me doing this. Because if you hear Kiki Palmer do it, you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, if you hear Deborah Cox do it, you're like, fuck. There was a recap on kiss951.com. And it's just like written by a journalist writing about, you know, these other contemporary artists, Queen Nyjah and Melanie Fiona doing the Deborah Cox challenge. And the way that they quoted it is so funny. It says... Quote, but I turn around and you're standing here, standing here. Oh, no, no, nobody. No, 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 nobody. No, 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 no. Queen I just sang. <laughs> That's the bridge. That's it what the bridge sounds like. Also, the bridge lasts forever. What I want to hear, I want to hear Melanie Fiona do it. I really like Melanie Fiona. Hold on. No, nobody. No, 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 no. That's so good. With her little kid in the background singing along with her with while he's brushing his teeth. We love it. That is so amazing. I love a bridge, but also I love a challenging bridge. You're not hitting this bridge. This bridge is impossible. I love a challenging bridge. Do you remember the Melanie Fiona song we loved in 2012? Can you name it? No, but like I loved it. What was it? That album, The MF Life, which was loved iconic. The MF Life. One of my favorite albums of that year. What was the song? The Melanie Fiona song that we were obsessed with. What was it? I forget. Even just looking at this album is so triggering. I'm like, I know, oh it's my so god, good. 2012. Wait, what was it called? What was it called? Oh my, I love this song. Oh, this song is so good. God, I used to listen to this song all the time. That whole album was incredible. All right, yeah, yeah. Fiona, Deborah yeah. Cox. Deborah Cox is Deborah Cox. So who are them? It is an iconic song. She is Canadian. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. She is Canadian. Know. Are you saying that that makes her a? Um, no, I'm just adding. I'm just adding on to the thing. And she has had so many number one dance hits on the dance charts, right? Like nobody's mm-hmm. supposed to be here. Yes, was number one on like the U.S. pop charts that like crossed over, but on the dance charts, it's like so many of them. You know, she even had a song mm-hmm. with Whitney Houston called Same Script, Different Cast, which I literally have never even heard. Oh, it's on her Greatest Hits album, yeah. And it incorporates a backing track of For Elise. How have I never heard this? Please play it. <laughs> Please play it. I feel like an idiot. Hold on. 
is about. Okay, I can't even get further than the intro in which they talk to each other over for Elise. That's enough for me. It's my favorite song. I love it. Thank you so much for that. Deborah Cox is a them. The Deborah Cox Challenge, however, is a who. And all of you, try it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it. That's the thing. One like, percent of you a, will do this This is well. like, truly, I love this challenge, but it is the worst challenge because you can't really try it. No, only like 10 people can try it. Normal people can't try it. I don't want to hear you try it. (laughs) (laughs) Next call. Hi. um, Yeah, I just saw something about Kyle Richards, like, spotted her a ring or something that a burglar stole on a photo shared by Diane Keaton. And, like, I don't, like, years ago, but Diane shared it, and then Richards was like, that's mine, and, like, there's this whole thing, and, like, I can't, like, get into it, because I, yeah, I just, like, would really be interested to know about how our um, white wine with ice queen, Miss Keaton, uh, got involved. Well, thank you so much. Um, Crunch, crunch, pandemic. Crunch, crunch, pandemic as a sign-off. Oh. No, yeah, we don't um, like that. We don't like <laughs> don't that. Li- I don't like that. That's dark. <laughs> keep our crunch, crunch out of, <laughs> out of that. Out of that. Yeah, we're trying to that. keep it lighthearted here, y'all. Speaking of lighthearted. This is weird as hell. This, this is, is weird as hell, this funny is as hell. This is dumb. Stupid, stupid. St- right, yeah, you're right. This is just stupid. And I don't really understand what's going on with the housewives where they're always do. Why are we talking about them so much? It's like almost frustrating to me like we didn't have to talk about them for so long and now it's like keep on doing stuff like this (laughs) well this is great because it's sort of uh, when it overflows into just like normal press coverage i'm a little more inclined to talk about it of course that's the only way we would it doesn't really matter that this happened on the show and like you said this didn't even happen on the real show it happened on like the leftovers show the secrets revealed show yeah so they did a secret revealed episode of housewives which is like you, you get to milk an extra episode out of the season which already has maybe been shortened because of uh, COVID-19. They're all on Zoom or whatever. And Kyle Richards, who is Paris Hilton's aunt and uh, Kim Richards' sister, and she's also a child star in her own like, and she's been on Housewives for a while. She's not really a fan favorite as much anymore as she used to be. The point is, is that she... Looks like Casey Musgraves. (laughs) She looks weirdly like Casey Musgraves. Uh, She revealed during this reveal, Secrets Reveal, that... So I guess she had been robbed and all of her jewelry was stolen like a few years ago, right? Which is sad. You know, all this jewelry that was in her family was stolen. And then she revealed that she was like scrolling through Instagram and came across a Diane Keaton photo that a photo that Diane Keaton had taken on Instagram of this woman's hands. And the hands are like of, you know, an older woman. She's got long black fingernails and and a ring on almost every finger. And Diane Keaton posts this this photo and writes like, in all caps, because she always writes in all caps, like, the hands of a psychic I came across on the Third Street Promenade. You know, like something like that, right? I mean, you could find the real text, but that's basically it. She sees a ring on that hand, and she says, that looks like the ring that was stolen from me, one of the rings that was stolen from me. So she's like, I have to find, like, talk to Diane Keaton and, like, find this ring. And it's like, oh, Okay. I mean, I just, sure, fine. And so, like, she has, like, her people reach out to Diane's people, and Diane's like, I don't know who this woman is. She's just a psychic that I ran, that I came across on the Third Street Promenade, as I wrote in the caption Mm -hmm. or whatever. 
And basically, they kind of like gave up the case. But of course, once this thing goes on TV, it's now open to the public to be like, well, whose hands are these? They're going to find, you know, they're they're very distinctive hands. I mean, this woman has like long black acrylics. Like if you knew this person, if you knew this woman, you would know who this woman is. So the best part is that this Gen Z TikToker posts on her account, hey, these hands belong to my grandmother, who is not a psychic, but these are her hands, and that is her ring. She's had it for 100 years. Here are her hands at my fifth grade graduation. Hey, Kyle Richards. I see this post on Diane Keaton's story about your mother's stolen rings. I just want to clear things up. This ring right there, that's my grandma's ring. She has been working in a pharmacy for over 50 years, has had those rings for decades. Here are a couple pictures to prove it. These are my grandma's hands at my fifth grade graduation. There's the ring that you've been talking about. So let me know if you want any more information. The most iconic thing about this TikTok, I have to say, is that the grandma has had this manicure with these long black acrylics for like easily 30 years. Because there are photos of her holding the TikToker as a baby and then she's like got long nails. (laughs) (laughs) She's got long black acrylics. It's like it is her signature look like you can tell. And then it turns out the funniest part about this, because obviously, you know, uh, Inside Edition finds the woman. Her name is Diane French. They interview her. She's like, these were my, this ring was my grandmother's. I don't care who the ring belongs to. I truly don't. Like, I really couldn't. The funniest thing about this story is that Diane Keaton thought that this pharmacist, by the way, she's a pharmacist. She's Diane Keaton's old pharmacist. Or works at a pharmacy, but still. Okay, but like, how did Diane Keaton call this woman who works at a pharmacy who she encountered a psychic. Where did that even come from? That's absolutely the strangest thing about it. She says, all caps, it's like, I took this photo of a fortune teller in Santa Monica. And then even on this Inside Edition story, because the woman, obviously, the the pharmacy worker who with the long nails went on Inside Edition because they found her. And she was like, this is fucked up. My name's being dragged to the mud. And the Inside Edition person goes, are you a psychic? And she goes, no. My twin sister called me last Thursday and she said, Diana, your hands are on Google. Just to clarify a couple of things. Are you a fortune teller? No. Why did Diane Keaton say that she was a I fortune don't really teller? <laughs> Why did Diane Keaton say she was a fortune Looking teller? Looking at this, at this photo now, I'm like, wait, the backdrop is not like the fortune teller's table. This is a counter at a pharmacy, right? It's just a counter at the Walgreens or something. I, 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 did I Diane don't know what to tell you, but like... It, or is Diane trying to protect her identity? I don't know, but like the woman, the woman is like, I want an apology from Kyle Richards. And I also want an apology from <laughs> Diane Keaton because like she called me, she called me a fortune teller and I work at a pharmacy. What is going on on Diane Keaton's Instagram? Okay, I've called like four times today, but you, please tell me you heard how Wendy Williams pronounced verses when she was talking to Brandy on her show. <laughs> Versus, I'm done. Goodbye. This is an episode about mispronouncing things. So how could we not play a call about Wendy Williams calling versus <laughs> the web show Versus? Let's play a clip. I also really enjoyed you on Versus. Versus. So let's set the scene. She had Brandy on her show, by which we mean they rolled out a TV with Brandy's head on and on. <laughs> Onto the well, okay. set of Wendy Williams. <laughs> one of the funniest, and this is a visual joke, but one of the funniest tweets of the presidential debate was somebody tweeting that they, like, please welcome Brandy to the presidential debate. And it's just a clip of them rolling a TV out with Brandy's face on it onto the stage of Wendy Williams. 
Unreal. He just saw the TV. Un- Wait, I need to source that person. Who was it? Oh, how do I find I mean, this we tweet? Sent it, it's so old. You sent it our, uh, to enough chats. I sent it to 12 different people. <laughs> I sent it to so many Oh, it's um, Nat. I have it here. Uh, bimbofication. Okay. <laughs> At bimbofication, Nat. <laughs> Thank you Hashtag so Brandy much, has been Thank brought you. onto the presidential debate stage. Hashtag presidential debate. <laughs> just with the clip. The clip is just... Okay, imagine that music, but it's a giant TV being wheeled by a person with brandy on it, and she's waving and bobbing to the music. God. It's like, remember those grocery store robots that were kind of everywhere for a little bit? Remember them? They're still everywhere. Go into a stop and shop. They're still everywhere. We need them just to be replaced with Brandy's head. It is weird to call it Versus. Wendy has no... Wendy doesn't know, know what's Wendy's happening. Wendy's reading, but like... Wendy doesn't know what's happening. I know, I just... Uh. Versus. <laughs> I also really enjoyed you on Versus. Laura Prepon? Prepon? Got bangs. If that isn't who news, I don't know what is. Crunch, crunch. It's certainly who news. Laura Prepon, Prepon, she got bangs. She got bangs. She got bangs. Laura Prepon has bangs now, and it made the news. The funniest thing was that I searched Laura Prepon bangs. Well, her it's on her Instagram. It says, have to remind myself that hashtag self-care is important. So I'm starting to fall off God. with a little change. She got bangs. That self-care is getting bangs. Self-care is not getting bangs. Everything's self-care to these people. Yeah. Oh, I got bangs. All right. <laughs> but the funniest thing is when you search Laura Prepon gets bangs, you go, you get directed to a very old established gossip site, seriouslyohmygod.com. Remember them? I mean, I feel like I used They're to They're still around. Them. They're kind of a vintage alongside Perez Hilton, D-listed, celeb bitchy, that type of site. And you have um, the the... The slug is Laura Prepon gets banged two. And I was like, hmm, is there a one? <laughs> if you take off the two, it directs you to a post from May 17th, 2011. Laura Prepon gets bangs. And it's from when a while ago she also got bangs. So it's not the first time that she's gotten bangs. I'm just saying. No. Just Lindsay, saying. It's not gets bangs. It's gets banged because that's the seriously I OMG. Get it convention if you search the for, site seriously yeah. for gets banged it's just endless ellen pompeo gets banged sophia vergara gets banged jennifer love hewitt gets banged laura prepon gets banged laura prepon gets banged spotted least in leeton meester gets banged kim kardashian gets banged bella thorne gets banged snooki gets banged there are over 10 pages of this what is funny is that this blogger had to write about wi- about women getting bangs because it's not just posting a picture you have to write something like he's he, they write uh, uh, for for Ellen Pompeo, Ellen Pompeo a- attended the grand opening of Marquee Nightclub, and she debuted her new hairstyle. I don't have a problem with bangs, but that bun on top of her head with them doesn't work. And I will be nice and not go off on Grey's Anatomy golden mini dress. Oh wait, I just did. Okay, so it's like yeah, that's very like this is from 2010. That's a Vintage. very that feels very much like 2010 blogging. But every time we have a headline, somebody gets banged. This person has to write about their banged. bangs, which is, you know, honestly impressive in itself. So I was looking at, I was like, oh, is Laura Prepon still doing her terrible bunker YouTube channel? She yes. is. A week ago, she did not, she was not banged. And she taught us how to prep baked eggs. A day ago, she is banged. 
and she taught us how to, you guessed it, prep a quick chicken dinner for fall. Hey guys, just got the kiddos down to bed and now it's time to get dinner on the table. So I have some broccoli already prepped. I have some brown rice that I always have prepped in my fridge and I'm gonna bake some quick chicken and dinner should be on the table in about 15 minutes. So let's get to it. Quick chicken dinner, here we go. Wait, I'm sorry, she made a whole video about making like quick chicken where like all the other ingredients are pre-made and in her fridge. Did you watch like fucking Cameron Diaz teach you how to make some hand roll recently? No, I didn't watch Cameron Diaz make a hand roll. These people are just pivoting into lifestyle cooking content as though it's anything original. It's like if I need to learn how to bake a chicken breast and I'm talking Laura Prepon chicken breast, which means there's not going to be much more than salt and pepper on this thing. Why would I have to go to a Laura Prepon video and not just Google bake a chicken breast. This is deranged. The thought that anyone would go to this woman for cooking content. I know. I it's always so keep brown funny. rice in the fridge. It's I always so keep funny. chopped broccoli in the fridge. It's just so funny to be like pivoting from like whatever she was doing before, I guess like no, uh, orange is a new black to being like now I cook it's like from wh like what okay sure you really have to like work hard to like earn that pivot and it's not easy to do and I don't think that she's earned it even with the bangs and if you're gonna do it put a little effort into it and like get a ring light get a better camera this is awful it's awful yeah, yeah. <sighs> two days ago Alex Miller said still trying to get used to those bangs <laughs> As a comment. <laughs> Tiffany says, me too. She still looks good, but it's so different. Adrian, Adrian <laughs> says, I think it looks good. Well, that's all there is to say. Muscon Mehar says, hey, your bangs are amazing. <laughs> Love from Spain. Oh God. <laughs> Love your new bangs. Great video as always. You look beautiful with bangs. Sending you love from Belgium. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, Who Weekly. So my question here is, Jason Derulo, them. His girlfriend, Jenna Frumes, or Frumes, uh, definitely a who. I have no idea who she is. Um, I just know that she is possibly one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen in my entire life. And every time she's in a Jason Derulo TikTok or Instagram or video or anything, I'm always like, who is this woman? And why is she so beautiful? So can we talk about her? In her bio on Instagram, it just says she lives life for a living. It doesn't even say she's a model or actress or entrepreneur. So, uh, yeah. I just want to know, who is this girl? Jenna Frumes or Frumes? God only knows how to say her name. Thank you, Crunch Crunch. You are being played. You are being, like, we are all being played. I mean, there is no one truly more fake and not like just more inauthentic right now than Jason Derulo. And if you think that he met this gorgeous Instagram famous fitness model at the gym, you are playing. You are being played. Your You're being played self. like a fiddle. <laughs> because she has 5 million followers on on uh, TikTok. He has $30 million on TikTok made for being the most inauthentic person he's ever been is this TikTok journey he's been mm -hmm. on. Let's be real. It's fun and funny, but like, 
what? You know? And she, who he quotes, we met at Equinox. Uh, we both have a similar desire to work out all the time. And I had seen her once there before. And then the second time, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to her. If you think these two were not set up by mutual agreements between managers, whether or not the relationship is whatever or not, it's like these two did not meet organically at the gym. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He does not do anything casually. And even if they did meet at the yeah. gym, not to like get overly speculative, but he saw her and was like, oh, that's a gorgeous model person who would be great for my TikTok. Hey, manager, add her to the list of potential headshots of women who may soon become my girlfriend. You know, like this is all transactional <laughs> for Jason Derulo. He's just trying to make more money and get famous. Yeah. And it's like, if you have seen a single Jason Derulo TikTok, you know that like n none of right. it is informal. And people have called about Jason Derulo being on TikTok. What's the deal? Who are them? He like has become such a big deal. But I think it's like, first of all, he's spending so much money and has such a huge team helping him make these TikToks be bigger and better. But what he's doing really is ripping off other TikTok people who are doing this stuff first. And he's kind of bouncing off of that to make something mm -hmm. bigger. And he's using the kind of like immediate shock you get when you're like, Jason Derulo is like big on mm -hmm. TikTok because it's like, he's kind of a flop, you know, even though he has hits, he's kind of a flop. Like he was in Cats, the biggest yeah. flop of them all, you know? I think he's a them. He acts more like a who than like any anyone. He just happens to be an extremely rich and successful who. I just don't, I don't want him. I don't think he's a them or I don't want him to be a them, but I don't think he's a them anyways. He and Jenna have the same birthday, September 21st. <laughs> they have the same birthday, but yeah, Jenna, All right. All Jenna right. Frume, Jenna Frooms. I'm pretty sure it's just Frooms based on what I could see. It's just Jenna Frooms. She is a fitness model. She is an Instagram influencer. That is it. There's not like some like interesting nugget that we could find anywhere else about her. No. And they're giving the worst press, like page six headline. Dur Jason Derulo opens up about model girlfriend Jenna Froome's baby fever. You know, he's got a full video set up in his house, you know, in this new girlfriend and they're just whatever. But like she's a beautiful fitness model slash influencer, you know, like doing fine, also making TikToks and getting written about in the blast mm -hmm. and all that stuff and he was like this is a perfect person for me to like team up with to add dimension to my fake ass tiktok but the persona. thing is we're, we we dump on jason derulo all the time for his like very clearly artificial like tiktok presence but it's working for him you know it's he's doing something right oh, of course he's doing something right. we're only dumping on it because it's working and we're like how is this yeah. working but it's like he is he has like inserted himself to be part of that ecosystem despite being much older and really not in the world yeah. of tiktok but he's like you know he's done the thing where he'll like reach out to other creators he'll he'll do this he'll work with someone mm -hmm. else he'll collab da 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 you know but it feels very much like when in the verses that guy hired a whole crew for his like Instagram live setup and everybody was like, what? You know, it just feels very like overwrought, you know, the whole thing. And she's definitely an aspiring actor. And the reason I know that is because back in August of last year, she posted a video of her at the premiere of the Jacob Tremblay picture, Good Boys. And it says, <laughs> this movie was fire. 
at Good Not Boys movie, good boys. popcorn flame emoji, laughed the whole time. I'm the most awkward on carpets. Like, after I walk this, you can take a video with my purse wide open of me pretending to be important. Can't wait to be at a premiere of a movie I'm in one day at Universal Pictures. Like, she's Los Angeles. This woman, this Ooh, woman boy. is Los Angeles. <laughs> I know. It's true. I do love on TikTok when kids will, like, do the thing where they, like, Reblog, oh God, that's a Tumblr Tumblr talk, but like reblog Jason Derulo's TikToks and watch them. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is so extra. Like, this is so extra. What you're doing right now, like that to me is one of my favorite genres of TikTok. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it, and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French with the person in You go to Quebec. But really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful. Okay. That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime. And you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm-hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Hi, my husband just tried to tell me that Patrick Mahomes is a them. Uh, I don't think he is. Is he a Hoover them? Uh, Okay, me at home. Bye, French French. Patrick Mahomes who are them? One, two, three. Them, them I guess. Sports I, them. Like, even I've seen shit about this guy, like, in tabloids, which means he's, a, like, a them if, like, tabloids are talking about, like, his relationships or whatever. Exactly. I The only reason I'm willing to give sports guy them is because I see him all over the place. Like, I when I look at him, not only do I know that's sport man, that's football. That's football. The fact I that know you the know what team. sport he plays means he's a them. Exactly. I was like, I had to be honest with myself. To me, he's a who, but I I will admit the fact that I know that he is fa- that he is famous famous enough to be a them. I just like the fact that I know that they've covered his like relationships. I'm like, all right, I can mean the them. You know what I mean? Like, because they're not. That's like, there's so many sp- relevant popular sports players that they don't cover their mm-hmm. relationships where they don't care who they're dating but then you have like Tim Tebow and like those types of guys where you're like why do I care about who you're fucking yeah. married to I don't care but you know people do care is Turner Classic Movies a who or a them crunch crunch I like can't. Turner Classic Movies who or them like one can't. two three them them I guess 
We know we know what Turner Classic Movies is. We're familiar. But like, it's do been around for know what oh, it's been around is? for 20, 30 years. But like, who watches movies? Like, this reminds me of um, <laughs> this week. Uh, Andy had Wendy. Not to bring Wendy back up, but Andy had Wendy Williams on Watch What Happens Live, and she just mm-hmm. was like on one, and she said, "You guys play too many movies." And Andy's oh, like, yeah. what? And he's like, she's like, you play too many movies. I just, I, I can't, I skip through them. I turn the channel. And he's like, and he's like, thanks noted. for the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I gotta, you got to play the clip. It's so funny. <laughs> Andy, by the way, um, it frustrates me that you guys run too many movies on Bravo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and they're not even interesting. Yeah, and that I don't, I, I don't stop for the movies, Andy. I'm sorry. Oh. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Allison Krauss. Who are them? Crunch, crunch. Allison Krauss. Who are them? One, two, three. Who? who? Folk music. Them. Yeah, she like plays folk like them, country right? folk. folk yeah. Music people love Allison Krauss. Even people who don't don't like folk music are like, what a voice, what a songwriter. She's a Grammys artist. That's perfect. She's a Grammys artist. She's a Grammys artist. Yeah, like Tori exactly. Kelly, who is supposedly on The Masked Singer. I'm going to do a little bit of a Masked Singer breakdown next week. I got to watch the, oh, I gotta watch it and read some clues. But I, I think Tori Kelly might be in The Masked Singer. Speaking of Grammys artists. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. You guys were talking about Pixie Cuts, or well, Savannah Chrisley's Pixie Cut. And it made me think, are Pixie Cuts a who or a them? I feel like they can kind of make or break a career. Um, arguably. My argument is that Katy Perry's career never recovered after she got her pixie cut. Um, so does that make it a them haircut because it's such a big deal when people get it? Or is it a who because it's such a hooey behavior to get a pixie cut um, and then see what happens and see how people react? I don't know. Interested in your thoughts. Um, crunch, crunch. Me in quarantine. Pixie cuts. Well, let's be clear about the Katy Perry. The pixie cut was a result of her imminent fall from grace. It's correlation, not causation, that that Katy Perry's pixie cut came around the same time that like things weren't working well for her. But it's also kind of like a pinch of misogyny, meaning like we like our pop stars, we like our women to have long hair. It signifies mm-hmm. youth. It signifies something. It really says something. So whatever. But pixie cuts, are they who's or them's? One, two, three, them. them. Think so. We know what a pixie cut. We know, like, if you say, "Oh, so and so got a," pi-, remember when I didn't know what a beachy wave was, yeah. and everyone was making fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like everyone knows what a pixie cut. Also, is, the right? impact of a pixie cut is huge. It's a them, mm-hmm. a huge impact. But pixie I will cut. say the argument against pixie cut is that if you get a pixie cut, you get written up by tabloids sometimes. So it's kind of a hooey tool. You can get it. Mm. You get a yeah, pixie cut. True. Unlike bangs, which you also apparently can get written up for. So I guess that makes bangs hooey. <laughs> a pixie cut and bangs could be hooey because they get you tabloid mm. press. And it, well, unless you're in the British tabloids, in which case you get written up for having fringe. Sorry, you get fringe, um, but you still get written up. Fringe is just as crucial yeah. as bangs. Since they're <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. SZA is performing Drew Barrymore on Drew Barrymore's talk show. I guess we uh, could have known this moment was coming. I uh, thought you might want to talk about it. Also, is SZA a who or a them? Uh, okay. Good form, Bella Thorne. Drew Barrymore show has been pulling out all the stops. And do I mean all the stops? It's like the Tom Green reunion threw me for a loop. 
They've pulled out so many stops that I'm saying stop when I'm watching, you know? I know. It's hard to watch. I love her and it's hard to watch for me. It's like, I don't know what's going on over there. But I only want the best for Drew Barrymore. I only want the best for It would be depressing if it weren't so funny. Yeah. It would be depressing if it wasn't so funny. uh, Yeah, SZA, who were them? One, two, three. Them? Them, I feel like. But like, mm, yeah. The reaction to her new song sort of convinced me. I I feel like if you had if you had asked me this question a month ago, I would have said who. The where's the album of it all for her has made yeah. it very themy, like that people really like want and anticipate her. And I like her too. I just I didn't really get the general sense of like the everyone else or whatever. Control was like the song of that summer. I mean the album of that summer. That was a huge album, even though she didn't want it to come out. <laughs> She's also her She's picky. She's she picky. I was going to say her behavior. She's very picky. She's very particular. Yes. And that is that that's them behavior. Yeah. And she's a little bit secretive. She's a little bit meticulous. She's not just out here doing whatever. I think that she both is a them and behaves like a them and she is a them. Wow. Um, but yeah, when when what was that song hit different? Ugh. I didn't love it. You liked it a lot. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Not a huge fan of it, but I was I was excited whenever it came I out. Like whenever it. she was like it new song s- coming at midnight, everyone was like, "Oh my god!" As much as I thought it would stick with me, but yeah. it, but I liked it. I liked it. It's extremely lead single. Well, yeah. You know? Where's the album? It's extremely lead single. It's not. It was. It's not meant to be the the sticky song. I don't think. I think mm. that'll come later. Okay. All right. Hi, weekly long time, long time. This call is twofold. Well, number one is that I was going over my long-distance bill, which I usually don't have, and I had an eight, $8 worth of long-distance charges. I live in Canada. I have unlimited long-distance. It made no sense. So I looked at my bill, saw a phone number I didn't recognize, and I was like, mm, someone's taking my identity. Then I realized it's your phone number that I have saved in my phone, which is why I don't know the phone number by heart. So you owe me eight dollars because I call so much and you never play my call. So that'll be eight dollars Canadian, which is probably like thirty cents American. Uh, second fold, Fran Drescher is in my city filming a Lifetime movie, a gay Lifetime movie, in fact, and she is staying in my friend's apartment building that is also a condo and a hotel. And every day on my way to and from the gym, my friend and I are on Fran Watch 2020. So here's the question. Is Fran Drescher a who or a them? My friend thinks she's D-list. I say she's a them. She's kind of an eternal them. Settle the argument, please. Crunch, crunch. $8. I want it. Before we handle your Fran Drescher problem, I'm going to convert that $8 Canada to America, which would be $6. Then I'm going to take off a dollar because we did play your call. Right now we're playing it. So I'm going to say if you want to Venmo us for $5 American, we'd be happy to reimburse you. This does does not stand for anyone else. This is the one and only time we'll pay for your long distance bill. We'll approve this request on Venmo. What are we? I'll have to talk to my accountant, but we approve it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Fran Drescher... Who are them? One, two, three. Them? Oh, Oh, you think who? I just feel like... The nanny is just so near and dear to my heart. Well, it's a nostalgic... She's a nostalgic them. I think, like, aside from the nanny, that's, like, her main thing. Like, she really didn't do anything else. I know the the beautician and the beast. Yes, we stand. But, like, that wasn't a huge hit, you know? Did we watch that at my bachelor party? Yeah. (laughs) Why did we? (laughs) That was so... It was good, though, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I was drunk. Weird. What a weird. 
we watched oh god we watched the we watched the beautician and the beast at my bachelor party amazing if you want if you want an insight into my bachelor party <laughs> there's one of the activities we fun. watched beautician and the beast it was in fun full. it was fun and um and the other thing i think with her is that she had that comeback show that sitcom that flopped like wasn't it canceled after like yeah. a minute and so i just kind of feel like that kind of speaks to what i'm trying to say here maybe yeah but I'm nostalgic to her. She's got a, ma- a classic voice. We never forget the Fran Drescher voice. But I just do think, like, I don't know. Also, the nanny isn't streaming anywhere, right? Isn't that a big thing? Yeah. Well, you know, our friend Patrick was like, I need to rewatch the nanny and had to buy all the DVDs because he can't stream it anywhere. Um, I would just give up. Good for him. I... <laughs> I'd be like, all right. I don't want if to the nanny... And we were actually talking about this recently. If the nanny started streaming again, it would be huge. It's just like... Whenever yeah, they bring well, in with these shows the that people thing. have been demanding, like when Girlfriends and Moesha are like at the top of fucking Netflix right now because these shows have been unavailable for so long and they're like 90s nostalgia. They're huge now. But you don't remember, but you don't realize it's like the power of something going on streaming is like crazy for someone. Like I feel who was being interviewed and they were the star of an old show and they were like begging for it to go on streaming just for the just for the not even if they get residuals just for the like impact of a show that you were yeah. on somehow getting revitalized like you could get well, more work from that the sitcoms especially they're just so easy to watch and there's and whenever they're famous successful sitcoms even if you never watched the nanny even if you never watched girlfriends there are hundreds of fucking episodes so it's like we're looking for things to do now is the time to drop these shows whenever you find us an old sitcom an old 90s sitcom that you've never watched before and it's on netflix and you like it guess what you get to watch 120 more episodes of the show guess what you know what the show was that I was thinking of that I read an interview was about? It? it was Once and Again. Remember that Rachel Evan, sorry, that Evan Rachel Wood oh, show Once and Again? But that's a music rights issue. Well, that, but, okay, but what I'm saying is it's not streaming. It was made by the guy who made 30-somethings, another show that mm-hmm. people are like desperate to watch kind of and want on streaming. But I think who was saying, somebody in Once and Again was saying like, I wish that would stream. Like, I wish that would be something that people watched. Yeah. But I think usually it runs down to music rights issues. That's like a I know, but plenty problem. of shows have solved that problem. I guess it just yeah. takes a lot of work because you have work. to replace all the music. Felicity did it. You know, they've Felicity done it. Did it. Dawson's Creek did it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the real world. I would give anything to watch my favorite seasons of the real world again, but they're impossible. But anyway, mm-hmm. okay, we're done for the day. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening. Um, thank you for calling. As always, we love your calls. The calls are so good. I know we say this all the time, but just like it gives Lindsay and I so much joy to not that you care about our joy, our experiences. But it's very fun for us to listen to the calls and text them to each other, even if they're. Wait, hold on. You should care about our joy. You should care about our joy. (laughs) But it's so fun. We got a lot of good don't play this, a lot of kind of like dark don't play this calls as well this week. Um, But they're fun for us to listen to regardless, or (laughs) at least enlightening, insightful for us to listen to. Thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for voting. What else do we say? Like, is it just like pandering to you at this point well check out our patreon check out for more stuff to support the pod even if you don't want more stuff and you just want to support the pod you already listened to hey that's great we'll we'll thank you for that and thank you for listening to this pod right here that you already listened to if you made it this far you listened i guess well some people want to listen to the call you're doing amazing sweet which we have like three or four today stay tuned one of them i'm sorry one of them is the reason it's a call you're doing amazing sweetie is because it's completely okay, they'll legible. get it um, they'll get the joke <laughs> they'll get the incomprehensible joke. they'll get the bye joke. have a great weekend bye bye bye, bye. bye.
Hi, Weekly. This is just a Dakota, a Dakota Johnson pregnancy check-in. Haven't had any updates in a while. That baby's probably getting pretty big by now. In fact, I think it's like a toddler now. Um, also, follow-up, are you ever worried about Dakota Johnson taking legal action against you should she find out you've been claiming she was pregnant for the last four years, three years, however long she is? Chris Martin has been on and off. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for her personally. I think when she has a fully born child, it's going to be a lot easier than having to deal with the newborn phase. Um, okay. Sorry. I can't talk when I try and ask these questions. Uh, crunch, crunch. If Olivia Colpo ever like fucks up and gets really canceled, her comeback, like memoir could be titled, um, Mia Culpa, the Olivia Culpo story. I I maybe just fucked that up. Love you. French crunch. <laughs> hey, Lindsay Bobby. I'm just calling to say happy Flame Friday. Crunch crunch. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I would 